And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hi, uh, Nick. Are you there? Hello. Hey, it's Joe. Plummer. I'm here. Oh, uh, Joe. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, sorry to bother you so much. I just wanted to try to get a tour story. I'm actually in the car right now, um, trying to pay attention. Uh, I think Skickney asked me to call you at this time. No, um, but what do you think you could give me a tour story now? I'm not even sure who Skickney is. Um, oh. No, you know what? I'm actually, well, I'm driving. I mean, I'm in the back seat of a car and someone's driving, but I just, it's like I'm trying to stay focused on the road. Uh, but you're not driving? No, I'm in the back seat, but I, um, I'm just trying to stay focused on the road, and I think, I, I think it'd be tough to talk right now. Okay. Um, is there a better time? Can we do it later today? or? Yeah. Oh, for sure there's a better time, yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, what's good for you, you think? You want to call me back? I or? mean, yeah, I just say whenever the best time is to do it, to call me then. Okay, and you'll be able to answer? Yep, I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I'm going to save your number right now and um, make sure that whenever I see that number pop up that I'm just going to be ready to go and I'm going to answer it. Okay. You're not pissed, are you? I'm just, no, are you kidding me? Okay. No, I just when I'm on the road, it's just me in the road. You know? Okay, I'll look for my call around two thirty West Coast time or something this afternoon. Um, I'll take. Sorry, hold on one second. Yeah, I'll just take. Um, I guess a McGriddle and an orange juice. Nice. Okay, thank you. Uh, hello, sorry, Joe. What's that? That's okay. 
Um, two thirty. Yeah, I'll, I'm. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks, and sorry to ruffle your feathers a little bit. I just, I, I know I called a bunch, but I just need to get this done, no, man. Let's, you know anything about my feathers? They're unruffable. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I basically gel those things down. You can't even move them. Oh, good one. I like that. Um, yeah. Okay. I will call you at 2.30 today. Look for my number. Yes. Hey. Nick Thune is an actor, writer, and stand-up comedian, and he's no stranger to the road. In fact, Nick spends as much time at home as he does on tour. In this two-part episode, Nick tells us how a cigarette can get you in a fight and keep you from being beat up after a show. From Ruinous Media, this is Tour Stories. The constants in the tour are you're inside a hotel room and you're inside a venue. And anything astray happens outside of those places. I used to be a smoker, and I found that most of the problems that I would get into would be when I go outside to have a cigarette at a hotel. Now I'm in a foreign land. I'm not in my room. The doors aren't locked. Anything can happen, and it's not controlled. And this is where I've gotten into quite a significant amount of problems. One I'm thinking in particular is in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think it was about 2 a.m. I was on tour with Michael Ian Black. So we're having a good time on tour, and... Michael, after the show, generally doesn't really want to have a drink, kind of wants to go back to the hotel. Responsible man. And I, at that time in my life, was not that type of a responsible man. I was the type of guy that was like, yeah, let's go back to the hotel. Early night, you got it, Michael. Yep. (laughs) All right, man, see you in the morning. Hope you don't hear my door open and close a whole bunch before then. And um, we go to the room, and then I go out and lead my double life, which was being the coolest guy in town (laughs) it's it's only there for one night that night went out had drinks ended up back at the hotel and now it's a time when you're intoxicated and even if you are a smoker you want to smoke double and to do that you got to go down the elevator outside you come back up your shoes are off they're on maybe you're wearing boots it takes too long so at some point around three in the morning I'm not wearing a shirt and my shoes aren't on and I'm wearing Adidas pants and I'm outside smoking on the side of a hotel in Charlotte. This specific time I walk outside and there are three security guards. One of them asks me for a lighter. I give them a lighter and then I walk halfway down the block to smoke alone. And in this moment, I hear from across the street some sort of a commotion. And I look over and it's a man and a woman and they're fighting. And a woman is screaming, Help! Please help me! Very, in a way that is, this woman's in danger. And yeah, this man is abusing her. I see him throw her up against a chain link fence that was there. And I don't know what to do. I'm sitting there smoking. I've got my phone. And she yells, call 911! And what do I do with that information? I'm looking over and the security guards aren't doing anything. In fact, two of them walk back into the hotel. And I think, okay, call 911. What does that look like? Okay, hold on! 911. They're on, I'm, I'm, they're on the line. Hold on one second. Sir, do you mind holding back just a little bit on her while we do that? You know, like, what am I supposed to call 911? And I look over the security guard and he goes, don't get involved. And I just think, okay, well, I'm drunk. I'm shirtless. I don't have any shoes on. 
at this point, my beard and my hair were equally as long, very, very long. I looked like a maniac. And I was leading my life as a maniac as well. And I just said, stop. Stop it. And it wasn't working. I start walking across the street. Get your hands off of her. Stop. And then the guy looked at me and just started coming at me. Now he's coming at me and I realize I don't really, I wasn't ready for an altercation of of the physical realm. However, I can use my words and I don't know where these words came from, but they came in a very angry and assertive way. I said, if you take one more step, I will end you. And he just stopped. And there's a moment now where we're looking at each other like he's like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm in the middle of a road. And the woman from behind him says, don't worry. He ain't going to do shit. He's a little bitch. And the guy turns around. He's like, fuck you, Becky or whatever her name was. And then they both go separate ways down the street. And in that moment, there was a stoplight uh, on a street that was perpendicular to us, and a woman turns left onto the street that I'm on. It's a old Honda Civic. Turns out there's four women, probably in their young 20s, in this car. They had seen the whole thing. And I'm standing still in the middle of the street, shirtless, and this car pulls up, and the woman rolls down her front window, and she goes, Damn, Jesus, you bold. And then the girl in the back seat hands a joint out the window. And says, do you want to smoke? And I said, sure, I take a hit off. And, you know, you can't say no in that situation. And then the girl in the front seat laughs and goes, damn, Jesus, you stoned. And they just drove off. And I went back up to my hotel room and I shut the door, locked the deadbolt, and just thought, don't leave this room again. Every city, no, no, no. Smoke in the fire escapes. Get a buddy. Do not go out of the hotel anymore. You're not equipped to deal with what's out there. That's not the first time that that's happened. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share one more. I was in Denver and I was walking at 1.30 a.m. back to my hotel. I'd performed at a festival. I'm walking down a street. I think it's called 15th Avenue. It's in the middle of Denver. It's a brick walking street. And I'm alone. There's no one around me. I'm very alone. And I'm wearing an outfit that I can only describe as the way that my Whole Foods clerk described it when I was on my way to the show. He said... Hey, man, I've got to say, you look like Indiana Jones on vacation. And I'm wearing green pants that are a little too tight and a white floral shirt that has like green vines that matches perfectly with the pants and big boots or whatever. And I do my show. I'm walking back and all of a sudden from behind, somebody trips me. The only way to describe it is like a junior high trip where you're walking and somebody pushes your back so that it creates like momentum a little and then they kick one of your heels so that your foot catches the other foot and you kind of tumble a little bit. And that happens and I turn around very confused and there are these two guys standing there and they are aggressive. So I turn around, one of the guys says, hey faggot, why are your pants so tight? And then before I can respond, you know, why, um, the other one says, because he's a fucking faggot. 
And I'm still confused by the trip. And I just say, you can't just trip people. And you can't say that word. And I'm thinking that's going to fix it. And I turn around to walk away. And as I turn around, they push my shoulders and pull the same trip on me. This time I kind of basically put my hand down to catch myself on the ground, stand back up, and now I'm surrounded. There's two people surrounding me. They're just calling me a faggot over and over and over again. And in the first time in my life, fear settles in in a way I don't understand. I mean, helplessness and fear connect in me in a way that I don't understand. And I'm starting to think thoughts like, am I going to see my son tomorrow? Do curbs taste as bad as they look? Are comas that bad? You know, these kind of thoughts. And in that exact moment, these guys surrounding me, yelling all this shit, wondering, do I punch? Do I not? Is that what they want me to do? Are they going to just beat the shit out of me if I punch them? If I don't, will they just leave me alone? I hear from across the street that I believed that I was alone on in the first place. Somebody yell out, hey, are you Nick Thune? And I look over and it's a guy in front of some shitty restaurant dressed as a chef trying to light a cigarette. Like they've been closed. He's cleaned the kitchen up. He's having a smoke. And I look at him and I say, yes, I'm him. And he says, are you doing a show or something? And I go, no, I think these people are trying to hurt me. He doesn't hear. turns out I think he's a bit intoxicated. He starts stumbling across the street. These guys are so confused by the situation, they just walk away. And the chef comes up to me, and now I'm just out of breath. I can't talk. I don't know what. I can't process. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on? Are you in town? Are you doing a show? And I, I was like, no, you just saved my life, I think. And he still didn't really understand how big of a deal it was. And he was like, dude, that's so crazy. You're here. And I'm just shooken up. I'm shooken up. I'm shook. And then these two guys start to walk back. Now one of them's holding his phone up in the air. And the guy goes, uh, hey, man, we just Googled you. We just wanted to say we're sorry. And they come up. And the guy puts his hand out to shake my hand. And I'm looking at the chef. And I go, I go thanks for apologizing, but I'm not going to shake your hand. The guy goes, come on, man. And then the chef goes, Nick Thune wants you to take a walk. And the chef just like pushed him off and they walked away. And then the chef walked me back to my hotel like you know, most chefs should. The next morning I woke up and I got into a cab and it was like the story just burning inside of me. And I tell him the whole story and he's just kind of quiet. And in the end, I'm like, what do you think about that? <laughs> and he goes, well, at one point you said you were surrounded, but seems like there were just two guys. There was like maybe a lot of room to get out of that. You know, the pants were pretty tight. <laughs> I don't know if running was an option, not in those boots at least. Thanks to Nick for the story. Tune into our next episode with Brendan Canty, the lead drummer of Fugazi. Visit us at ruinousmedia.com slash tour Till I hit dry land And then I'll ride